0: Okay, we're ready to start this is pasha is pasha slach so uh we all know the story and the spies they come back from uh, from spying the land and they declare many different things they report as Moshe of asked them to report on the uh on what it what it looks like the inhabitants and one of the details they say is like this they say <coughs> Pas tells us that they were incorrect in saying what they said They said they said, they said disparaging things about the land of Israel Israel It is a land that eats its inhabitants. To all the people that we saw there are very, they're very tall, very big, huge people. So the simple the simple meaning of the pasuk that it's an that it's a land that eats its inhabitants is that people don't survive people die in this land that's the uh, simple explanation so the ramban asks the question and he says that it's it's a there's a dichotomy here on the one hand they're saying that it's a land that eats its inhabitants but then on the other hand they're saying that the people that are in the land are very healthy, tall, and strong, and big. So if that's the case, how does the land eat its inheritance, inhabitants? So the Ambani answer is that basically the land of Israel is like New York. You know, It's a tough place. It's a tough place. It eats its inhabitants not because it creates disease or malaria and because it's not a good place to live, but the place is very tough. It's, it's, you have to be, in order to survive in this place, you have to be strong. So therefore, that's why the people that are there are very strong, they're, they're, they're giants. Because it's survival of the fittest over there. Only the ones that are able to handle the the difficulty of the land, are the ones who survive. That's the Rambansha. So that was their report. Their report was that it's a very uh, challenging environment. And because it's a challenging environment, only those people who are strong can survive. And the people who are weak, or in between, are not going to be able to handle the, the the environment. That's a that's a simple explanation of the verse. Rashi quotes the uh, Rashi quotes the Gemara in tractate Shelamit thirty five, and the Gemara here it says like this: the Gemara says that Rava said, "Dorish Amakush I thought that this would be for them good." Because what happened was is that they it's in the land that its inhabitants they saw a bunch of levios they saw funerals all over the place people were dying so they, that's why they said it its inhabitants because the survival rate there is not so great because we saw people dying so Hashem said I thought that this was for their good I did this for their good they they thought this was bad. Why? The reason why I thought it was for good is because I figured that if I would make Hashem says them die, then they would, this would distract their attention. And would distract their attention, they wouldn't pay attention to the spies, because they'd be too busy taking care of their dead. And the Maraglin thought the spies thought that this was for bad. So uh, that's what it means that they said that the land eats its inhabitants. So on here there's a little pointer that the Moshev Zikanyim, the Moshev Zikanyim is a collection of writings from the Balei Atosos. The Balei Atosos are basically the descendants of Rashi, the grandchildren of Rashi, which are called in the Gemara. So there's a commentary on the Torah, and this is Parsha. it's called the, the Moshev Zikanyim. So in the Moshev Zikanyim he asks the question on this uh, part of the Gemara, and then he says, so how was the spy supposed to know that this was for their good? Right so, like Hashem said, I intended this for their good, but how are they supposed to know? How do they know that the reason why the people are dying is because Hashem decided that He wanted to um, detract the attention of the of the people? So the, Moses of the King became basically. I mean, I don't know. He basically gives the answer. He says that they were very smart. The spies are smart and the Torah understands that they figured it out, and they knew the reason why the people were dying, but because this was an excuse for them to say disparaging things about the land of Israel, so therefore they, they fabricated this. They said that it's a land that eats its inhabitants, but they knew that the reason that this was abnormal on a statistical scale, and they knew that Hashem had arranged this for them in order that they should detract attention from them, and they reported it that way anyway. So this was the taina, this was the claim against them, that they were saying Lashon Hara. That's what the Moshe of Cain says. The second explanation that the Gemara offers is interesting. The second explanation that the Gemara says is Eov, Eov died that day. He could remember Job Noach Nashe they treated the Kuli Almeb So what happened is like this. Is that Eov died that day. And everybody came together for his aspect, for the eulogy. Eov was at the time of the miracle. He was living in the land of Israel. And He was a a great man, he was a great man as we know, um, relatively speaking, right, he was a great man, and he had died that day, and because he died that day, everybody came to his husband, everybody came to the eulogy, for his eulogy, and that's what it means that the land eats its inhabitants, so the Mashiach explained, so one person dies, how does that say that uh, that it's a land that eats its inhabitants, it's not true. So the mashal says no, When they saw everybody gathered together. They made a mistake, the spies. They thought that the reason why everybody's gathered together is because there's a lot of people dying, and that's why it's a land that eats its inhabitants. It's because everybody came to the to the to the Levi. everybody came to the funeral of Yosef. That's what the uh, that's what the Gemara says. So anyway, that is the uh, the explanation or some of the explanations of Eretz Ocheles Yoshe'ayi. It's a land that eats its inhabitants. So the. Um, is an interesting tertiary comment by the commentary of the Pardes Yosef that brings us to the subject of our class this evening. And the Pardes Yosef here says, I guess he's basing himself in this Gemara, he says that the Sefer Dvash Lefi in the name of the Chidor, Rabbi Chaim Yosef David Azulay, um, and he also says he found this in the Sefer Ature Torah in the name of the Arizal, that the custom of the custom of the people of Canaan was, is that when everybody died, when people died they put them in an, in an arah, they put them in a casket, and they put them in the casket they put the caskets, and they lined the caskets, and as soon as somebody that was, they, they considered to be a very of a very important person died, then they would take all the caskets all together and they'd bury all the caskets That's what, that, was, that, was the, that was the minic, that was the custom so EOV died on that day, so they had a bunch of caskets stored and they took the casket they buried all the caskets. And the spies thought that the reason why they buried all the caskets because all the people that they buried that day was all the people that died, it was really only one person that died. So this is another explanation for the Gemara. What does it mean that Eretz Yohar it's a land that eats its inhabitants, because they thought that all the people that were buried were all the people that died that day. But it wasn't the case. They didn't know their minic. They didn't know their custom. That the custom was that they saved all the caskets until uh until the person died. Until the person uh, until the great person of the generation died. And that was Eof. That's what it says in the uh in the Palis Yosef. So as a secondary comment, she says, Take a look as far as burying uh in a casket, take a look in the sefurno." in Parshas Vayechi, and the discussion of the Klichemda in uh, Parshas Chayasar, and here is not the place to talk about it. So I figured, okay, this is the place to talk about it. Why not? Right? So we take a look, we will take a look in the Sifurno in uh, Parshas Vayechi, and we'll take a look in the in the in, the, in, the in Parshas Chayasar to see what they say about being buried in a casket. And hence the, uh, the title of our class is, our uh, discussion is... Being buried in a casket or not being buried in a casket, or how to be buried in a casket. What is what? What, what is the? Um, what are some of the ideas that are associated with that issue? Okay. So the Sephorno says. Um, the Sephorno says the last pasuk in in Parshas tells us that uh, about the death of Yosef. So it says that Yosef, that Yosef had had passed away, and what they did to him is like this: they embalmed him, as they did, you know, they they did all the Egyptians did that. They embalmed him, and then they put him into a. Uh, so, ladies, Yom is Yosef died; he was 110 years old. oso. And they embalmed him, the Egyptians embalmed him. They placed him in the ark, in the casket. Bimitraim in Egypt. So here the Chaskuni asks, why does it say the word Ba'aron? It should say Be. The letter, the vowelization underneath the base is a patach, is a comat, is and it should be a yeshva. The fact that it's a comat means that it's a definite article. Ba'aron means like Peha-Aaron. If there's a hay that's missing in the Aaron, in the casket. Okay? That's what the Cheskuri's question is. So the Sifono answers that question by saying that there was a specific casket. What was the specific casket? He says that in the same casket that they embalmed him in, they used that same casket in order to, bear, in, in order to put him into. And then the Sifono says "Velo Kavru Bekarkar They did not put the casket inside the ground. They didn't put the casket inside the ground. the and with this they knew which casket casket it was for generations. and and then it says in the pasuk that when the Jewish people were leaving Mitzrayim, Moshe took the bones of Yosef. He took the caskets of Yosef to carry it with him to take it to the land of Israel. Oh,
1: anyway. so
0: so you're referring to the Gemara says. The Gemara here says that, uh, we're going to discuss the Gemara, the Gemara in Tractate Sota says that, uh, there's a machloikis, there's a dispute. was a code they used to get his, his body out of the boat. There was a, there, yeah, there was a, there, the Gemara, it's the Gemara, the Gemara says in Tractate uh, Sota, page 13a, that uh, one of the opinions is, that they did put him in the casket, we're going to discuss it shortly, not yet, but it seems like the Sephono Perhaps maybe he is not learning like this Kimara. He said that they put him in, an, in in a in a in a casket and they didn't bury the casket. So the whole point here is, is that the Sephora says they didn't bury him in the casket. So now what's the significance of that? We're gonna come back to the Sephono later. Okay? That is the uh, that's what that's what he says. Um <clears throat> so the question is is it good enough to be put into a casket and not bury the casket? That's the question. What is, the, what is what is the sophonno saying? What is what is the meaning of this? <clears throat> so the Ramban in Sora says about the negotiations that Abraham had with the people of Ches, uh, with the people of Ches about burying about burying Sarah. He negotiated. he wanted to buy the land, which as we know is now the Ma'ar Samach in Hebron. He wanted to buy the land in order that he should be able to, uh, to, bury, Sarah, to bury Sarah in, the, uh, in this uh, cave that was in this land. This was the negotiation that was going on. So, <clears throat> the Ramban here says that he gave them the following option. Passage says in uh, passage number eight. He spoke to them saying, "If you if if you allow me, if you want, I want to bury my dead, which is which is sorrow." milfanai from in front of me. So the Ramban, what does this mean? What does this word milfanai mean? From in front of me. So the Ramban says, "In lo ekpor meisi bekever." In I need per Macy I'm not going to bury my dead in a different grave. It's going to be this grave. All right? And then the Ramban says like this what does it mean from the front and if you do not agree for the sale, I will bury her in a casket. Okay? That's what he says. If you won't let me bury her in this in this cave, I'll put her into a casket. So this is the Klichemda that we're getting to, that is quoted in our Pasha as a tertiary Klichemda. The Klichemda asks on this Ramban. So The Ramban says that Avraham said that if he would not, bear, he would not be able to marry, Barry Sora, in the West he would put her into a casket. That's what he says. So, the, um, this is basically, this Klichemda is what I want to share with everybody this evening, and perhaps maybe at the end, if we have time, we'll talk about some uh, practical issues regarding uh, casket burial. But the Klichenda asks on this Ramban, and the Ramban himself is a source for the actual Halakha that we have in in in, in, and in Shinsamach Beis, in uh, 362, number one, that talks about uh, burial and where the burial should be. And we discussed this very before when we discussed whether one is allowed to be buried in a mausoleum we discussed this issue before, and the, and the discussion starts, of course, with the tractate Sanhedrin, page 46b. Tracted Sanhedrin, page 46b, talks about there about uh, burial in the casket versus in the ground, which we went through. But the Ramban, based upon that Gemara, in a different safer, in a different work that he wrote, called Torah Ha'adam, on page 117 in the Masada of Cook Printing, the reason why I'm saying the page is because it'll be easier to find. Here the Ramban says, like this, he, he quotes the Gemara, and then he says that it's not sufficient to bury in a casket. Now, what he means to bury in a casket, he means it's not sufficient to bury in a casket, to, place, to leave the casket outside of the ground. As it's not sufficient, he says, to take the casket and leave it outside of the ground, like we see the Sifuna said with Yosef. But, says Ramban, if one does place the casket in the ground, that's sufficient. However, it's preferable that the casket should be, um, the casket should have some kind of hole drilled into it. It should have some kind of holes drilled into it.
1: Rabbi? Yes. How come in Israel when they bury
0: people they don't bury in the Oh, so he says it's based, based upon this. There's a Yerushalmi. There's a Yerushalmi that says that Rabbi Judanasi, the redactor of the Mishnah, commanded that um, that he should be that his that his body should be touching the ground. That's what he, that's what he commanded. So it could be understood either to remove the, see, even though he was buried in the casket. It's either to remove the bottom plate, the bottom piece of the, of the gasket, or to drill holes in the gasket. So the Ramban says it's preferable that the body should have contact with the, with the ground, either by having direct contact with the ground, or by drilling holes in the gasket. Right? But if that doesn't happen, if the gasket is placed straight into the ground, buried into the ground, without that, that's also sufficient. That's what the Ramban's position is. So, however, the Ramban says that to put somebody into a casket and leave them outside of the ground, that's not sufficient, that's not allowed, as the Ramban says. And that's, hence, we got to the discussion about the, uh, you know, about the mausoleum. So,
1: the casket yeah. would be cautious, have uh, holes drilled on the
0: body? No, not necessarily. It's preferable, but not necessarily. Not necessarily. It doesn't necessarily have to be.
1: When did the idea of a casket
0: come into play at all? Well, so, really, the a, idea of the, the casket. We already see by Yosef. Yosef was better than casket. And you see, also in Parshas of there also you see that the Chazal say. Rashi quotes uh, also the the Gemara in Sota that the Chazal say over there that when they were taking Yaakov outside of Mitzrayim, remember they were taking Yaakov out of Mitzrayim, so all of the uh, all of the monarchies of uh, of Canaan they they came out to uh, to escort Yaakov's uh, to escort Yaakov's. Uh, the procession, and they all hung their crowns on the oron on the on the casket which he was in. So Yaakov was uh, was was already buried. It was already buried in the casket. It's mentioned. Yosef was buried in the casket. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll soon see that there's others that were buried in the casket also. Rabbi Udan, Rabbi Nachalash, Rabbi was buried in the casket. Akavya ben Mahalalel was buried in the casket. This is already from the from the beginning that this was the the custom.
1: And they were embalmed as well.
0: Uh, in Egypt they were embalmed. I don't know what Yaakov uh, was embalmed. Yosef was embalmed. Okay. I I don't know if they, the, the the our custom is we, we we don't embalm. You know, we just put into the well, into the ground.
2: we bury them right away. Yeah, we bury right away. Exactly. But if, if we're not going to, it seems like embalming. Yeah, so
0: we discussed before that it's not preferable because we want to accelerate the decomposition process as much as possible. Okay. So the embalming would actually retard the process that's and would be a problem. That's one of the problems with constructing with being buried in a mausoleum, as we mentioned. Right, so, okay. So the Klichenda asks on this Ramban, that on in Pasha's Saurabh, the Ramban says that Abraham Avinu was willing to bury Sarah in a casket if he would not be able to bury her in the ground. And in the Torah Sa'adam, in his other work, he says that one is not allowed to put the deceased into a casket uh, into a, into a like the Safuno mentions. So how do we resolve the contradiction in this Ramban? That's the Klikhande qu- uh, answer, question. Okay? That's what he says. So he wants to offer the following expression, and this is, a, this is an interesting expression. He says like this. He says that there are two reasons, there are two reasons why we bury in the ground. Two reasons. What are the two reasons? Two reasons. The, the first reason is found in the Medrash Rabbah in uh, Berachias Rabbah twenty at the end of number ten. That's what the Medrash Rabba said The Medrash Rabba says this: that Hashem said to Avra, to, to Adam Arishon after he sinned. So he gave out clawless. after everybody sinned. Everybody was cursed. Adam Arishon was, cu- was cursed, and the, and the, the snake and Chava. Everybody got their due. So, what did Hashem say to Adam HaRishon? He said to them like this. He said to them, With the sweat of your brow shall you eat. This is in uh, chapter 3, verse number 19. Until you return to the ground. Ki lukahta because from it you were taken. Ki afarata because you are dust. We have afar tashuv and you will return to the dust. That's what Hashem said to him. So the simple reading is the simple reading is: that You're going to die. You're going to work hard and then you'll die. You return to the ground because that's where you came from. Right? As the as Rashi here says in, in Baruch's braces, was created from, from the dirt. Okay. So so the here says words you will return to the ground is, referring, is saying like this that really you this land that I made you from the dirt that I made you from is stolen you stole it from me so in order that you should not, it should not be stolen from me you have to return it when you die you have to return the dirt the dust from which you were created because you stole it from me that's what it means you have to return to the ground the words Ki, ki, ki offer atah. You are the dust of the ground, you'll, offer and you'll return to the ground because you are the dust of the ground. So the measure there khoy, we once mentioned says it shouldn't say Tashuv. you will return. What does it mean you will return? From here the Torah is telling us that there's going to be a resurrection. It said you will you'll go to the ground, but then you'll return. You'll return out of the ground. That's which is the word return. It doesn't say uh, because that word return is referring to Anyway, so the Medrash here says the Medrash here says that the first man the first man, so the Torah, the, the Torah said to him that this this land has been stolen from you. You, you. you stole this land and because you stole this land you have to return it back otherwise you're, you transgress Gezele, stealing. All right? So the Marami to explains what does this Medrash mean? What does the Medrash mean? What is it saying? It's like this. He says and this we've talked about this too on many different occasions. We, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll cite some of the sources that we talked about this. But basically the purpose of life is to purify, with Anishama, to purify our bodies. To f- purify our physicality. To make, to make the physicality also spirituality. To make our physical, right? We, are, we believe in the, in the body. We believe in the, in the, in the physical. That it's to sanctify Hashem's name. The whole purpose is to turn it into the body and the world into a spiritual entity to the point where it's no longer physical anymore. We discussed that this this is what the Meshechachma Rabbi Marian Simcha Midvinsk says this about Moshe's transformation at Harsina. he discusses this in, in, in uh, Parshish Israel. we've discussed this in the, uh, the Der HaShem, the way of God, Rabbi Moshe say, talks about this issue he says that, the, that the, the reason why we have a resurrection altogether is because the body has to recalibrate itself, so that the Nishama can shine through it and you could see the spirituality and that the whole body should be spiritual also that's the whole point so what happens is is that when a person sins, that, of course, is against the idea of turning the physical into a spiritual. And so when a person sins and doesn't do tshuva for their sins, and the body remains physical, then it's not, it has not been used for its proper purpose. And since it's not being used for its proper purpose, it stays physical, and therefore it's considered as if it's stolen in the hands of the person who has it. And therefore we have to return it, and therefore the morality process says we have to return it back to the ground. However, if we would, theoretically speaking, purify our bodies to the point where the spirituality would be uh, to the nth degree where it would transform the whole body into a spiritual entity, then we wouldn't have to return the body because that's the purpose why we were created. This contradicts a little bit, uh, Rav Moshe out there, but it's basically a similar idea, okay? That's what the moral says. So, <clears throat> that's the idea. The first idea of why, just one second, the first idea of why one should be buried is, is, is because we have to return, that which doesn't belong to us, and that is our body, which If we didn't return, it would be considered, quote-unquote, stolen from Hashem because we didn't return. What do you want to say, Aaron Paul? Well, I think it sounds like
1: he's saying if you do good deeds and make your body spiritual, you're going
0: to live forever. Is that what he's saying? Uh, yes. He's saying that, but the the whole, yeah He is saying that. You will live forever. Right.
1: In what sense?
0: I don't know. I don't know what sense. I mean, you know, Moshe Chaimah's says that after the resurrection there'll be a recalibration and the body will reunite with the soul and then we'll live forever with that. And that's also what we discussed in different occasions. There's a dispute again between the Rambam and the Ramban whether we will die again, we won't die again. Separate issue. But basically the purpose of life is to make ourselves as spiritual as possible. Okay? There is a... Um, I think there's a a sefer called the Sefer HaKeda. in Parshas Kiseta, He discusses about how when the when the Talmud talks about death and the Talmud talks about which is the separation of the neshama from the soul. So he discusses about how painful the death will be, and uh, he says, as the Gemara discusses, the pain or makes an analogy of what the pain will be, and he says the more spiritual we are, the the pain the more the less painful it will be because the less there'll be. the separation will be easier for the Neshama to leave the, the Goph to leave the body Okay, so see, It's interesting, the Klichemda here says that he was a student of the Sakachava Rebbe The Sakachava, which is the, the, the Chidu harim. So he remembers he says when he was a child Based upon this what he is saying, he, he I say a shot in the Gemara And the, the Gemara is in tractate Chulon on page 92a The Gemara says that the children, the, the, the non-Jewish people Fulfilled the mitzvah, three mitzvahs, three things that they did right. At least according to one opinion, the Gemara says this. First of all, they didn't write, and this is not Arinian, but just the three things are. First of all, they didn't write a but they didn't write a marriage contract for uh, same-sex marriage. That's one thing that they did right. Second thing is is that they didn't sell meat of of the dead in a butcher shop. And the third thing they did is that they honored the Torah. So. We're we're concerned with the middle thing. What's the middle thing? What does it mean that they didn't uh, they didn't sell meat in the in the butcher shop? What kind of meat? <clears throat> so one explanation Rashi offers is that they didn't sell flesh of a human being. They wouldn't sell that in a butcher shop, even though you know they might be eating it. There might be cannibalism going around, but they wouldn't sell it in the marketplace. That's one thing that they didn't do. That's what uh, that's, that's what true. Rashi says. So asked the Kli rebbe, the the sachet of rebbe, he asked. Why is it prohibited for non-Jews to eat uh, for cannibalism? Where does it say in the Torah that it's prohibited? Where does it say they don't? There's no prohibition for for non-Jews to uh, to eat flesh of a human being. So he says, since this medrash says, says the 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 of the, the, the Secretary of rabbi, since this medrash says that the flesh of a human being is the dust of the earth and the dust of the earth is considered stolen from Hashem unless it's returned to the ground. Therefore if somebody would consume flesh of a human being, then it would be considered like they're stealing the flesh that has to be returned. And therefore the non Jew is one of the seven Mitsub, one of the seven non boys is, you know, a lot of steel, therefore if they would consume meat of a human being they would be transgressing stealing. And therefore this was prohibited for them also, and therefore they never sold it public, publicly in the, in the marketplace. That's what the Shereen said. So that's reason number one as to why we, uh, there's a mitzvah to be, to be buried in the ground. That's reason number one. <coughs> reason number two, is he says, is in the name of the Tosas Yantiv. The Tosas, if you recall the Mishnah in the second chapter of the Ethics of Our Fathers, Mishnah number seven says, Marba Ma be, uh, bossa, ma be rima. Too much flesh, too many worms. That's what it says in the Mishnah. Worms.
1: Too
0: much flesh, too many worms. That's what the Mishnah says in Pirkei mm-hmm. I Ethics so of mm-hmm. our fathers. So there, the Tozos Yontes has a whole discussion, a lengthy discussion about about that that uh what you, so, so what that there's too many worms. Who cares? So the body decomposes and there are worms, no? But every but the person is no longer alive. So the agenda. so what do we care if our bodies are gonna be consumed by worms and I feel it anyway, person who is, is not alive doesn't feel. That's his discussion. So after a lengthy discussion he says like this he says that the we can't feel anything. However, our nishama sees what's happening to the gulf. It sees what's happening to the body. And the intellectual knowledge and the vision of the body that it used to use, decomposing creates creates uh, tra, tra, uh, uh, pain for the nishama. And so the Mishnah doesn't mean that too much flesh will be too many worms for the body. It means as an analogy. It means that if the nishama will see it, if the neshama will see it, it will create pain for the nishama. Because the neshama will see the body that it used to use to decompose it. So another reason, says the Klichem, why we bury. Reason number two is, reason number two is, so that the neshama shouldn't have tzar. So the nishama shouldn't have pain of the decomposition of the body. So those are a, uh, a summary. Two reasons. Reason number one is, to return that which Hashem gave us. Reason number two is to give the so to, to give the, uh, the, uh, the a tranquility and peace that it shouldn't have pain of seeing what happens to the body that it used Those are the two reasons Okay? Said the Krikhanda, what's the distinction between these two? What's the nafka What's the difference between these two reasons? What difference can we make between these two reasons? Okay? So it's like this The difference between the regular two reasons is whether or not a body is buried in an, or is, is placed in a casket and not buried. According to the reason that holds that the flesh has to be returned to the ground, otherwise it's considered stolen, that's not a good enough burial. But according to the reason that holds that the nishama, we don't want the nishama to see what's happening to the body, that's a good enough burial. That's the difference between the two reasons, the three says. Okay? What prohibits the soul
1: from seeing, you know, the worms? I
0: mean, this, this the soul is not prohibited, it's just aware. It's just aware of what's happening. The soul is right? Why? It's spiritual.
1: Yeah.
0: So you can see what's happening in the physical world.
1: And you can't see what's happening below the ground? Why? You can't see what's, what's happening below the ground.
0: It can't see what's happening, it can't, it can't uh, I, yeah, that's, uh, we have to conclude that, I was wondering about that, yeah. but I guess the, uh, the Nishama doesn't have X-ray vision, can't see through uh, a casket and he can't see what's happening uh, around, yeah, that's what I have to say, otherwise, this Blah is is, uh, you know, is going to have to see better days.
1: <laughs>
0: so, so, uh, so, that's, yeah, why? That's a very hard one to grasp, I mean, to
1: believe, you know. The know, what? Or,
0: the Mishnah in Turkey, of us? It's a Mishnah.
1: But it's still very hard to grasp, regardless of I mean, where it came from. I can see dust to dust; that makes sense. Yeah. But the fact that the neshama, you know, she the body integrating quickly with
0: the worms—that I, I, just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, we've we discussed it's this possible. many. we discussed many sense. times. The neshama is aware. The reason, the reason for, according to the Zohar Kodesh, if the reasons for the uh, for the morning period is because the Nishama does not separate from the Gulf From the body immediately it's a process which is takes seven days 30 days 12 months it's a process and because of that during that process the neshama is aware of what's going on it's aware of what's being said at the eulogy about it it's aware of what's happening to the to its body it's aware the neshama is aware the neshama is where it's at right the nesham is what drives the engine. So the nesham, just because it separates from the body, doesn't mean that it's not aware of what's happening. So uh, why not be aware of what's happening to to the body? Why not? Yeah. Since you had mentioned earlier on mm-hmm. that to cure the body, you know, the less painful it is for the nishama. Is this is
2: this what you're really saying? Is it, we're we're talking about visual when you say see it's more a matter
0: of feel, the sensation that, you know... No, it doesn't, the Tejas Yatav is saying no. He's saying there's no sensation. The Nishama does not feel a sensation at all. It doesn't feel the worm going through it. It doesn't feel it at all. The, it's just I, a, a, the understanding of the fact that the body is decomposing creates for it, uh, creates, I can't say emotional, because I, I don't know if the nishama has any emotions, what, what, but it creates the stress to the nishama.
2: Whatever that
0: stress is. Right. But it's the body. Why?
2: It as pure as the individual, the body. Does the less stress, does, the
0: neshama would have. Is right. That correct okay. Yes. Same thing. So is that not interchangeable with what you're saying? Saying with the sensation of vision. It's like you said, the more mass, the more worms. Yeah. The work, you know. You which know, perhaps the more mass may not be a physical mass, but in terms yeah. of the
2: impurity of the body. Yeah. The more, the more
0: yeah, less
2: stress or separation. There is that so inverse
0: science. relationship. So like yeah.
2: We have you know this question of are we really talking about vision or the sensation that uh, you describe it
0: sounds like it 's vision from what I read it sounds like it 's vision it 's what the Nishama observes we take it, we have to it, it takes us out of itself uh, you know would take us a little bit we would study it, but he, it sounds like from what he 's saying from his language that it's it's the vision and understanding of the nishama what 's happening to the to the body. The whole situation for the Nishama is distressful. The separation from the body the the fact that life is ending this was not a, this is not a uh I mean, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be coy. It's not a gishmak time for the neshama. Yeah, but the
1: world to come, you talk about it. hasn't gone to
0: the world to come yet. It hasn't gone to anything. Just right now, it's, you know, it's from the body. Now, the moment
1: mm-hmm. the person dies, the neshama detaches that is death
0: according to the Jewish law that is death the detachment yes. of the soul from the body it's yes neshama yes. so, so why does it matter if the body when they bury the body if it's on the stress or whatever what has to do with the neshama yes. the neshama is attached to it it's always no, attached no, to it forever from it the moment he died yeah, it's deta- yeah but there is like you know there is there is an, a, there is a, an attachment there is a, 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 an attachment of sorts it's so, not a complete separation. Somehow, the neshama sure communicates with its body, even after yeah, the first Yeah, time. So exactly. So
2: yes, so it's connected. Like the sensation of uh, an accounting of
0: what this body did. Yeah, it's not. It's connected to it. It's, it's, it's. it's yeah. Okay. So is
2: it any significant as to where that body is buried?
0: Is it, yes, right. better it
2: was
0: very.
2: Yes, in, it does
0: it does. We that. discussed it we discussed this in halacha. it's better if it's buried next to Swell, better, near world, better if it's buried next to family. It does. It oh, it's the Jewish family. cemetery next to uh other Jews. This is better for the Nishamba this it feels all of this. Okay, because there is a uh, uh, you hear a lot of people discuss, you people are moved here and their relatives are buried elsewhere in New York. Right. So is it better to it it could be in certain circumstances right now I'm not prepared for that discussion to exhume the body moving next to the next not, to the not
2: exhuming.
0: I'm if saying you could in how long it's discussed, you could exhume the body to maybe moving next to uh, next to its relatives maybe. No, but
2: I'm saying is it significant to to be near
0: relative? Well, uh yes. It's the of better you better for the Nisham for some reason. I don't know what that means, but that's what. Most so yeah, orthodox people would choose
1: to do that traditional. Not
0: necessarily. Not necessarily. It's not like oh. it's a requirement. It's not. Like, it's not like one of the ten commandments. It's not, you know, it's not written in the in the in the. Moshe, it's not written in the yeah. tablets. So what would you advise people to do? And what would I advise people to do? It depends on the circumstance. After the, every situation different. You have to, be, you have to discuss the, the circumstances. It's
1: interesting, at the start of the century, when my father came and other immigrants
0: came
1: from Europe, yeah. one of the first things they did was buy a cemetery place. Right. That's
0: one of the very first things. They all had it's a mitzvah to buy cemetery yeah. place. It's a mitzvah to do. It's a good Munich. One of the first things, yeah. Okay, let's continue. Right? Fine, let's continue. Yeah, fine. Okay. So the Torah tells us, if the it tells us that regarding Moshe Rabbeinu, nobody knew where Moshe was buried. Okay? Nobody knows where Moshe was buried. So what is the explanation for that? What does it mean that nobody knows where Moshe is buried? So the Krihan wants to offer the following explanation. That Moshe Rabbeinu was of such a spiritual uh, achievement, as we mentioned before, that he purified his body to the point where it was no longer a physical entity. And therefore, for Moshe Rabbeinu, right, it didn't matter whether he was buried in the ground or not. Because as we said, if you are a completely spiritual entity, there's no yin and there's no reason to return the body to the ground. Therefore, Moshe could have been buried in an aron somewhere outside of the ground also as long as the Neshama doesn't see apparently right. and with this we can understand with this whole discussion now we can understand the contradiction that we asked of the Ramban on the one hand the Ramban was willing to bury put Sarah into a casket and not put the casket in the ground on the other hand the Ramban says that's not good enough and his halacha treatise about burial, he says, that's not good enough. Your casket has to be buried, he says, it's better to make holes in the casket. How do we resolve the contradiction? The answer is, is that the Rashi says, we know in Chai Sara, that Sara basically didn't sin. She's like a seven-year-old regarding the sins. So if she didn't sin, she was on the same level of... Moshe Rabbeinu. And because she was on the same level of Moshe Rabbeinu, therefore Abraham was willing to put her on a casket and not bury her, because it didn't matter. She had no, she had no requirement to return her body to the ground. However, when the Ramban is writing a treatise to everybody else, in the in Torah the to tell them what's the proper way the halacha to follow, of how to bury a uh, person. So then he says that the casket has to be put into, into the ground. That's what Ramban says. That, that is the Klichem. And so that, so this is, a very, uh, this is a very interesting insight. And now we get to, uh, to Paul's Gemara. So the Paul say, the Gemara here says, we we'll get back to Yosef now. Yosef, we said, right, he was actually, the Gemara says he was buried in a, in a metal casket. He was placed in a metal casket. The Gemara here in chapter to chapter page 13a. The Gemara says that he was put in a, in a metal casket, and the metal casket was put into the Nile River. The reason why the Egyptians did this is because they believed, Kideshi's bark was made they believed that the Nile River was blessed because of Yosef. Because of Yosef's casket. Now remember, Rashi tells us that when when uh, when uh, when Yaakov came, Parashas When Yaakov came to visit the uh Teparo, the uh, the waters of the Nile River came to his feet. They rose to his feet. So they believed that Yosef, or maybe in actuality, the Nile River was prosperous and overflowed. As we know, that, that the whole economy is based upon that. I learned that in, in, in you know elementary school until I, until it came out of uh, my ears and nose that the Nile River was uh, the reason why the, you know, the whole Egyptian society is based upon at least then, right? <coughs> so they put the casket of Yosef in order that that should happen that the bracha should come from, from his casket that's one opinion, the other opinion says the other opinion says is that he was buried in what is called the Bekavranit Malachim. he was buried in a Bekavranit Malachim. Which is a Rashi explains what is a covernic amalakim it's bikivoshamachim, it's in burial places of, angel, of 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 kings. He he got a royal so to speak, an Egyptian royal treatment. Okay? This is where this is what this is what the Gemara says in Chictit Tzotah. So based upon this Gemara in Chikit Tzotah, the Kirkhandel wants to say the following insight, which is also um which is an interesting thing. Says so like this it we say in the Halal. Hayom raw Ayonos, the ocean saw and it ran. So what does that mean? Is that when the when the, when the, uh, when the, the Red Sea, the, the um, splitting of the Yamsuf, when the Yamsuf saw, it ran, meaning it split. So the Medrash says, what did the Yamsuf see? What did the Yamsuf see? What did the Yamsuf see? Yamsuf see? So the Medrash says, interesting, they called this a Medrash Priya, an unanswerable Medrash. The Medrash, it said, Arono Shal Yosef it saw the casket of Yosef. What does it mean? Why did they, So it's telling us that the reason why the ocean splits is because it saw the casket of Yosef. What does it mean saw the casket of Yosef? So he says like this, that you can, you can give the following answer. It says that, our, that Yosef was buried in this... Yosef was put into this, into this, into this casket. Sigh according to... According to the opinion that says that he was put into the Nile River, that for sure means he wasn't buried. But even according to the opinion of that he was put together with the burial place of the of the the catacombs of the uh, of the Egyptian monarchs, or somewhere there, he also wasn't buried. That's not considered burial. So Joseph wasn't buried in the ground, as the Seforno tells us, and this Gemara fits with the Seforno because the Seforno says he wasn't buried in the ground, and the Gemara does not contradict that. But why wasn't he put into the ground? So he says, the answer you could say is the reason why Yosef was put into the ground is because he was like Moshe. Because he was like uh, Sarah. His, his uh, body was so spiritual that it didn't need to be put into the ground at all. All you have to do is just put it into a casket. Right? So uh, this is above nature. This is not a natural occurrence. Obviously this is very supernatural. So he says that this is what uh, what the ocean saw. When the Jewish people were walking through the ocean, the ocean said, why should I split? So they showed it to the Aaron of Yosef, the Aaron of Yosef, which is a supernatural phenomena. The Aaron of Yosef, which did, uh, of Yosef did not have to be buried because he had a completely spiritual body. Oh, So since they saw a supernat- that the Jewish people were governed by supernatural phenomena, they also had to do a supernatural thing. You couldn't claim that I want to stay natural. And therefore it split supernaturally. Okay? So
1: Where did Moshe come into this?
0: Moshe is the one who retrieved, as the Gemara, this Gemara says, he retrieved the uh, the casket of Yosef so and took it with him. What? Uh,
1: the splitting of the sea.
0: Where did Moshe come in and no, tell me what? He was alive, yeah, Moshe. But he was
1: instrumental in splitting of the sea. He was with the staff, yeah. Where did Moshe come in with it? He used to hit the sea of casket
0: of Yosef. Yeah, so Moshe came there with the staff. He had the staff. Our, and, he had the staff <laughs> and he had the staff. And he had the staff. And nothing happened. <laughs> And then they showed him the Yosef's casket, split. Okay. That's what happened. Okay, so now we one one more insight that the Chacham says, which is very interesting. He says like this: He says that we um, remember when we said the Talmud says in, in Tractate energy page forty six B. It, it, it quotes a source of why one is supposed to not be buried in the casket, buried in the ground. And the source is from Pashas Kiseite of where somebody is liable by the death penalty, and they get killed by the death penalty. So therefore, we hang them. But the Torah says, don't hang them for a long time; bury them instead. That's the source. Ask the Kli why don't we bring the source from the uh, from the medrish that we said, return to the dust. Right? Why do we bring uh, that source? So kind of interesting. You might think that that's not a good enough source because that source is before the Torah was given and since that source is before the Torah was given I might think that the whole entire Jewish people because they have the Torah they have the status of Yosef and Salah and Moshe they have the status of people who have Torah and people who have Torah are the ones who turn as we said physicality into spirituality and therefore they together as a people Do not have to be buried in the the ground. Because by them it's not stealing anymore, because they are fulfilling the will of Hashem. On that, so therefore the Gemara had to find a source after the Torah was given from the burial of somebody who was liable to death penalty in order to prove that there's a mishma to bury somebody in the ground. Otherwise, this would not be a good enough source. So therefore, even though now it becomes true that to the dust, from the dust you clean, the dust you will return, but that's not true because of itself. It's true because of after the Torah, after the apostolic after the Torah of uh, in uh, 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 of the burying of somebody who is liable by the death penalty, okay? Fine. Anyway, that's the clear, that's the clear kind of very interesting uh, things that he says here. Basically, so at the end of the discussion, in summary, there's a mitzvah to be buried on the ground, in the casket or not in the casket, and it's preferable that the casket should be drilled or um, the bottom board removed, right? And it costs them in some places is they don't use the casket at all, like in Eretz Yisrael. The reason for that is, is we said there's two. Number one, because uh, to return the body, because the rebbeinu only the back, because otherwise it would be stealing. Number two is because we want to make sure that the neshama has as much comfort as possible in the uh, in this new realm that it has in the separation from the body. Those are the, the, the that's in summary what we've just said so far. Okay. Now, so now some practical uh, discussion. So I, I looked in the. There's different. This topic obviously doesn't end really, and so I looked in different places. One of the places I looked was in the in the entry in the Encyclopedia Talmudis, in the in the, in the uh, Talmud Encyclopedia, in the entry for Aaron, Aleph, right? Is they have an entry for Aron Hames, and there they say that some some interesting things. They say first of all, they say that the this is already from before. Burying in caskets was already from a very long time ago. Okay? And we find, they say, that jose was buried in the casket. Yaakov was buried in the casket. Um, the Akavya ben Mahalalel was buried in the casket. He appears in the Mishnah. Rabbi Uda Anasi, the... Um, as the uh, redactor of the Mishnah was buried in a casket. The custom to bury a casket is a long-time custom. Uh, and, the, and we used to bury them in, in caves, like we mentioned before, that the that the more often than not, most Jewish people were buried in caskets in caves than being just buried, buried in the ground. That's how you, that, would, that used to be the uh, the custom. So the
1: patriarchs and the matriarchs are buried in a cave, but they're buried, they're buried in the ground.
0: They're buried in the ground. They're in the cave in the ground, and, but, but I don't know if they're buried in a the casket. they are, I don't know. I know that. I mean, Yaakov is buried in the casket, okay. unless they took him out of it when they brought him there. is like the buried in a casket? In a, a cave. He's in a cave.
1: Yeah.
0: That's a cave over there, In Miron. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. Is okay.
1: In
0: yes, in Meron. Yeah. Okay, so he says that the ca- the caskets were actually made from many different things, from wood from stone, from metal, from earthenware. Many, many different uh, many different items that they're made from. Now the truth is like this, is that today our custom is, is that we bury in a plain pine box. There's two reasons for that. Number one is is um, number one is is first of all we do I mean I don't know which one is number one, which is number two, but first of all the Kobo says I think in page one eighty one on the, uh, in his uh, laws of Avelos, he discusses this issue and he says that a plain by pine, pine box disintegrates eventually so even if there are no holes the body, the body get, comes in contact with the ground so therefore it's the plain by box another reason is Cotton is, uh, 27b Cotton 27b discusses uh, Robin Gamliel He says that Robin Gamliel it, it used to be that the poor people were embarrassed the embarrassment for the poor people was worse than actually being alive, when they got buried. That's what, they, uh, people, uh, that's what happened. Because everybody used elaborate clothing, the Gemara says, for, to be buried in. And the poor people had nothing, so they would carry them out. It was an embarrassing situation. Our true, Rabbi Gamliel says, the Gemara embarrassed himself, quote-unquote, and he commanded his children to buy simple linen clothing, I think, or canvas or linen clothing, which is the Tachrichim, in simple white, he should be taken out. So from this we have the custom... Shroud. Yes, Shroud. Yeah, Shroud. So in Israel the a costume, we have Tachrichem. a costume, we have tachrichem. And there I think also that's why we have a simple box. A simple box is too, too, too elaborate. If the box is too elaborate, it's not going to be uh, proper. It's not going to be proper uh, um, according to custom, according to Ram Gamliel. So this comes from the Gemara, that so this is the way it should be.
1: There shouldn't
0: be any nails or anything? No, well, I don't know if there should be Why not? It could be nails, why not? You should. I mean, if it could be the whole casket, Joseph's casket, the Gemara says, on thirteen so that it was from the whole thing was from metal. Okay, maybe if, according to the opinion it says that it was in the in the Nile River, so maybe it had to be airtight. I don't know. You I know, oxygen. Why? I mean, he was uh, you know a big deal in Egypt. I'm sure it was
2: similar
0: to sarcophagi and everything. That you know, yeah, he had a fancy, he had a fancy two million dollar uh, you know oxygen free uh, <laughs> whatever it was embalming uh, casket that flew. Maybe he had. Who knows what he had? But according, but the Kli says that according to the other opinion, it says that he was put into the, with the kings, the rest of the kings. His casket was also metal. But you see, he was better, Okay, so maybe Yosef is not a proof. And I don't see a reason why not. Why not can it be? Why can't it have metal? I was, I was under the impression that it should
1: not have metal. metal. It should be blue. Yeah, I've
0: heard, I, I've heard this also, but I, I don't think I have, I've researched the topic uh, enough. But it should be, uh, that, that, that I know that it should not be. I don't see why it's, it's such a terrible thing, you know. Let's exactly. so there's a couple of nails in it. So that should make the neshama happy if it was
2: buried. Was when it's buried. Okay. No, the
0: neshama is happy if it's buried if it's placed in the casket. The neshama is happy because then it cannot see what happens. So that is, that the the, the the metal would have nothing to do with the neshama. So the
2: type of casket
0: doesn't matter. The type of casket doesn't matter. But I'm saying the Megillah 27b. It matters what type of casket because our custom is plain. We don't, we don't want to. We don't want to embarrass anybody. Everybody's equal, you know. We don't want to embarrass anybody. Has the same casket. We don't want one person having a twenty million dollar, the other one, uh, you know, a box. See What? That's the reason why we have it. It's for the. Uh, I don't know. I guess it's for the living, not for the dead. Fine. Then um, so they go through the. They go through the halacha and they mention that this is. Is what it used to be, so it's interesting that um the uh it says like this he says that the custom used to be that in Bavel they used to bury in an a, they used to bury in a casket in bubble that was the custom so i I'm wondering maybe i' don't, I'm not for sure I didn't research the history of this, but maybe that maybe we call we followed the custom of bubble, not as as because it it seems to imply that if in bubble the custom was that they buried in caskets. Right, so Bubba was always in contrast yeah. to Eretz Yisrael. were What? Like the right. You know, that they were, uh,
2: above, they're, they're going to create
0: uh, the... way to yeah. heaven. Exactly. You know, exactly. you know they the way to heaven.
2: They're going right,
0: to... Why, because the Talmud was written over there? Where, in Eretz Yisrael, you mean? we group? about Oh No, I don't mean that. I mean Babel in the time of the of Talmud, the, of the in the fourth, in the fifth century, fourth, fifth century. I'm talking about then, but when we were all exiled in Babel, during the Gaul of Babel, I'm talking about, after the first base of So the custom was in Babylonia, over there, the custom was to bury in the casket. So there was there was a difference. We have the Babylonian Talmud, we have the Jerusalem Talmud, we have, you know, the different things that developed. They, they, they have, we have Babylonian names for uh, for the months, discusses in Pasha's bow. Unlike the Torah, we have Nisan, and Eir, and Sivan, and Tammuz, we have Babylonians, a lot of our customs come from Babylon. The the, the Rambam says that that the Tammuz Babli is is binding on on all Jews. After its closure, so that means that the the, the Talmud Babylon is binding on us. So if, if in, ba- in 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 Babylon, that was what the custom was to so be buried in a casket, perhaps maybe that's why we bury in a casket, like unlike Eretz Yisrael. in mean, there was no such custom ever. So therefore, that's why they bury in the ground. Maybe I'm speculating. I don't know this to be a hundred percent sure. I'm just thinking that that's maybe that's the, that, that's the thing. Okay.
1: It might have been nothing any in Israel at one time. What? So that's
0: why they bury people in the ground without gas. They weren't any part. Oh, you mean it's practical maybe. Yeah. 'Cause they're, because they're not gonna float it's not gonna float to the to the to float up like in New Orleans. All right so in New Orleans they all bury above the ground anyway we discussed okay fine anyway so there, there was customs that people buried if a person was a crush of a person so they would bury them uh they would bury like a coin or was a firstborn they would bury them in a complete uh, uh, sealed airtight gasket how could you so uh, what were well, how do they compensate for the fact that the ground has to be so what they would do is that they would put uh, dirt they would put the dirt from marriage and so they put ground or something on, on the on the on the actual uh, mace itself on the on, on deceased before they close the gasket they put shards on the eyes, like we do, this is how we do when we uh, when we uh, inter the person um, fine the next thing, uh, one, one, another thing that they mention is that they say that building an Aron is a mitzorcha mace it's the same din, it has the same status as Tachrichim, the same status as the shrouds and therefore one is allowed to do certain things, one is even allowed to delay the funeral if the casket is not prepared already yet, in order to construct the casket for the deceased, that's uh, that's what they discuss. So, just as as far as normative halakhic practice, I mean, basically normative halakhic practice is we get buried in a, uh, in a in a in a plain pine box. Uh, it's preferable we have the we have the dust put over on us from Eretz trail and we have the it's preferable that the casket should be uh, there should be some holes in the casket. I heard this is the case in Phoenix that all the caskets have holes. They actually have dust the, from Eretz Israel, And they have dust from Rediswell, yes. Yes, they do. And they put it on the they have dust from Israel that they ship from Eretz to they put it on the uh on the deceased. Oh the chair uh, right. And I heard that the pine boxes also they have holes in them, but if they don't it's preferable. If not, it's also okay because the boxes themselves uh fall apart and, and, and disintegrate and there's connection to the ground. Anyway, this, these are the ideas that I wanted to share with everybody this evening, and uh, that are, you know, tertiarily, if that's a word, connected to this week's pasha. Can I just ask one question?
1: So yeah. Is the custom of, of the, uh, the family or the friends filling in the grave
0: after the funeral, is that is that what... That's a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah. It's preferable that it should be done by uh, by, our, by by Yidin, by Jews, because it's a mitzvah for us to uh, to bury. And we should avoid, avoid uh non-Jews from coming in contact at all whatsoever with that process. So if
1: it's not done,
0: then it's not a kosher funeral. No, it's not a, not a kosher funeral. It's just that that's the preference. Okay. Not a kosher funeral. I mean, what? It's clear. It's, it's okay, okay, thank you very much, everybody, and have a, good, you, a great summer.